0: Hello and welcome to An Unconventional Teacher. I'm your host, John Hinthorne. Our podcast explores the unconventional methods that make our classrooms and educators great. We hope to uncover why it is that the unconventional ways of yesterday are now becoming the conventional ways of today. We have a bunch of exciting ways for you to support our growing community of unapologetically unconventional educators. They can all be found in our show notes and on social media. Thank you for being here. And a very special thanks to all those who donate to our show and work to make this Pay It Forward project possible. If you're a listener and you're coming back for more episodes, thank you for coming back. And if this is your first time listening, we are so glad you're here. Our exceptional episode today is with Jamie Kuroda. Jamie is a friend, an amazing educator, and a curriculum leader, a department head, and she's also the member of a grading and assessment task force for the entire district. Jamie is forward thinking, is unconventional in the ways that she thinks about her students and giving them multiple tries, multiple revisions, to try to get a better answer. Jamie's episode today is not one to miss. Thank you for being here. Now let's begin. Okay, welcome to this episode of An Unconventional Teacher. Today we have a all-star uh, teacher with us, an all-star educator, um, gotten a ton of accolades in um, her, her her profession. Uh, Jamie Kuroda, uh, you're with us today. Thank you so much for being here. Um, my little connection to Jamie is sort of tangentially through my wife. My wife, Jenny, got a chance to work with uh, Jamie for what, two or three years, I think in um, a school outside of Oakland eh, called the Italy Veracruz School. And um, you know, we hung out a couple of times just kind of sort of as friends and, and uh, saw what an educator that you are. So thank you so much for coming on. I'll let you introduce yourself. Tell us what school you're at right now, what's going on. And then we'll get to our three questions that we ask our interviewees. Thanks for being here.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, so nice to see you. And thank you and Jenny for thinking of me. Um, so I was a teacher at Itliang Veracruz Middle School for seven years. I did actually did my student teaching there, was an intern there, and then got hired on full-time. Um, I had my son and took a bit of a break from teaching and then just came back this year in Santa Clara Unified, um, so much more closer to my home in San Jose, which is nice. And um, I'm at a K-8 school, so that's definitely a big shift for me. And um, it's a much smaller middle school. Um, So that's also a big change coming from a very large one. And I'm teaching... 7th and 6th grade science.
0: Awesome. So you're in the, those middle grades. And for our listeners that are in that middle school age, I spent seven years with middle schoolers and and you have a passion for that. My wife also has a passion for those middle schoolers. Um, hopefully in our interview, we that, that will uh, come out here. So we're going to jump right in. Jamie, thank you for being here. Our first question is pretty simple, um, but important. What inspires you to teach?
1: So I think what inspires me to teach is that these kids around me are going to eventually be doctors and, um, you know, people, engineers, um, scientists, people that I will hopefully depend on, will hopefully make the world a better place. Um, And so I feel like that is really what inspires me is to kind of help them find their niche um, and find their passion so that when they leave School, when it, wherever that may be, um, they will be someone who's going to make some sort of impact on this world. For you know, myself, my kids, and and so on.
0: Right. Um, I say that all the time to my students. I teach high schoolers now for the past uh three or four years in, in Napomo, California, just south of you. And I tell them all the time when they're acting squirrely or not turning things in, I'm like, guys, you got to get it together. You're gonna to be you're gonna be my two sons' teacher or doctor or lawyer. And if you're not acting right now, I, I don't know if I can send them to you with confidence. So I love that right. perspective. I love that perspective. And they might be teaching they might be taking care of you. I've actually yeah. haven't thought about that. That's a really cool perspective. Thank you for that. Um, so the theme of this, of this podcast, right, is, is being an unconventional teacher. And uh, my wife cites you as an unconventional teacher. I know your husband probably does. And all the people that work around you, um, you, you really have a passion for your craft and reaching all your students. So from your perspective, what makes you an unconventional teacher?
1: I'm really passionate about um, giving kids opportunities and, and multiple opportunities. And <clears throat> I try to pull myself, my ego my biases away from or or out of the way of their learning and their growing. Right. <clears throat> and so I tend to have systems in place where I show I'm very transparent with what I'm doing. We're trying something new. This may not work. Bear with me. Let's give it a go and see where it goes. Um, and I think that is one piece that makes me unique because I demand that of the kids to try mm-hmm. um, to give me something. And I feel like I'm working against years of someone telling them there's only one right answer or you are defined by your grade or um, they're gonna be punished for taking a risk or Mm -hmm. um, it's going to somehow come back, right? This risk that they're putting out there is gonna somehow come back and um, affect them in their social circles or with their grades that their parents look at. And so it's kind of a really hard place to be to get students to take those risks with me with their learning um, that the first try doesn't mean it's the only try. Um, and so I think that's probably what my ki- current kids right now would say makes me their most unconventional teacher.
0: I love that. Yeah, so so allowing them this this second and third and fourth sort of revision. Um, that's yeah. incredible. And so how does a sixth and seventh grader respond to that?
1: Um, very skeptical, right? Okay. Because they, not all, but I think a majority of them um, have, especially our students who are lowest performing, have, have kind of fell into this niche of I can't do school. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't matter what I do. And so, right, trying to get them to believe in themselves and this buy-in that Right. I just want something from you, because then once I have that something, we can continue to move forward. Right. Um, In this virtual learning platform, I think more than ever, it's really um, been a way to get some movement from kids who aren't moving in other subjects and spaces. Um, That, you know, even right before grades are due, I'm willing to look through their work and see their growth. Um, see what they've are able to demonstrate what they've learned and sort of any output they're willing to give me Um, but I think they're really skeptical (laughs) of me (laughs) that it's gonna be like a gotcha Um, or I'm not gonna follow through I mean they may have people in their lives who don't follow through with with what they say they're gonna do so a lot of convincing. (laughs)
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, which is maybe about everything, right? Working with (laughs) a 12 and 13-year-old, you gotta convince about everything. All right. Um, Well, thank you for that. Do you wanna talk a little bit about, I know I follow you on on social media and and you take time to write specific notes to each and every one of your students. Um, You wanna talk about that tradition that you do?
1: Yeah, so when I first got hired on as a teacher in our BITSA program, we had to write, the teacher had to write a sentence about each one of their students, right? To show that you are getting to know them on an individual level. And so I, you know, would come up with these lists for every class period for every student. And then so I decided why don't I just share with them um, Mm -hmm. why I appreciate having them in my class. And so um, around Thanksgiving, um, whether or not, you know, they celebrate Thanksgiving, I just share a note to each child why I'm grateful and appreciative to have them in my classroom, um, and this year, and I don't expect anything back, um, but this year with with it being online, I sent each child an email mm-hmm. um, versus a handwritten note, and I actually got quite a few back, and so kids I have never seen still, um, now that we're in December, um, gave me, you know, a little a little bit more of themselves in a response back, and so that was really, really special, especially mm-hmm. right now.
0: All right, so our third and final question on our podcast that we're asking everyone, all of our educators, is um, to tell us a story. So Jamie, can you let us know a story that illustrates how important it is to you to take risks, try new things, and think out of that proverbial box of teaching traditions?
1: Yeah, so like we talked a little about a little bit earlier um, was about these thankful notes or appreci- appreciation notes that I send to my students and normally, I pass them handwritten notes. It's the last day of school before break. So oftentimes I don't get any feedback from them, which is totally fine. That's not the purpose of why I do this. I just want someone, I want them to know that someone is appreciating them.
0: You're satisfied um, if they just get your note.
1: Yeah. That's and enough. They leave. Yeah. yeah. So, but this year I sent them through email. Um, just because some of them don't have correct addresses I was worried about postcards so I just figured email is the safest but I actually got a lot more responses back and so I think this one from a student is kind of a testament to why it is so important to put time and space and energy into getting to getting to know your kids Um, do you care if I read this no go ahead she wrote, Hey Miss C, I wanted to say thank you for always having a positive attitude. I enjoy going to your class. And even though you can't see me in class, you manage to make me smile, whether it's little jokes you make or stories you tell. I just wanted to say thank you and I hope you have a good Thanksgiving with your family. So, you know, especially wow. in this year, I have yet to see what she looks like, but um, you know, that that definitely goes a long way.
0: That's incredible. Even though you can't see me, you're making me smile. Um, what a gift, right? That's the feedback that that sustains us uh, through this difficult time. And I know um, outside of this interview, you and I were just chatting about how it's so difficult to be, um, talking to what we call M and M's, right? The little the little letters um, as our students are, are maybe hiding behind social anxiety or hiding behind my room doesn't look right or my hair doesn't look right or whatever whatever sort of thing is hiding or they're just tired or they're they're playing video games. It's so difficult to be teaching in this in this resort, and I see you sort of empathizing in the sense of, well, sure, it's difficult for us, but how how difficult might it be for them, right? Um, it Could I give them a note and, and brighten their day? And that feedback just gave me chills down my spine. Um, what a great way to end our interview. Thank you for coming on our show and have a nice day. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of An Unconventional Teacher. We hope you enjoyed listening as much as we enjoyed producing it. This is a project to pay it forward to the teachers and educators out there seeking something different. If you are or have someone in your world that is an unconventional teacher, please send their name to an unconventional teacher at gmail.com. And we can work to get them on this show. Also, please join us on Instagram and Twitter, at an unconventional teacher and be a part of our growing movement to embrace the different. As I tell each and every one of my classes I teach at the end of our time together, vive como si fuera su último día. Live like it were your last day. Have a great day, and we'll see you next time.